Hello, and welcome to another episode of Whole and Complete Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Shantae, and Whole and Complete is all about faith and wellness, loving God and living well. And so we are entering a brand new series. This is a series-based podcast for those of you who have never heard it before. And every series we delve deeply into a topic, I offer my perspectives, both spiritual and practical in the first couple of episodes. And then I invite a guest in on our third or fourth episode to kind of round us out and give us some perspectives that I have not offered specifically from mental health or also from people who have expertise in these areas. And so our brand new series is appropriate for spring. It's called the Inner Work Series. And our guiding scripture for this series comes from the book of Philippians chapter two, verses 12 and 13. And it says this, therefore, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, so now not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is working in you both to will and to do according to his good purpose. And some versions say to will and to do his good pleasure. But accordingly, this is what this means is that God is perpetually and continually working within us to do his will. So here's what we're going to cover today. The clutter, the recognition and the decision. Here we go. So as we are wont to do at the beginning of all of our series, we are going to start with a definition specifically the definition of inner work, because I know that this is a popular term these days, and I'm actually glad that it is. It's one that hasn't been misappropriated, but one that actually needs some recognition because many of us have some inner work to do. And so inner work is a journey inward to look at yourself and the sum total of your experiences for the purpose of understanding, reconciling, and healing. I'll repeat that. Inner work is a journey inward to look at yourself and the sum total of your experiences for the purposes of understanding, reconciling, and healing. So if you take a look outside, spring is upon us. So no matter where you're listening from, whether it's from the Midwest or from the South or from the East or the North, spring is upon us. And this is the time of year where we begin to focus on warmer temperatures and longer days and a phenomenon known as spring cleaning that is going to be a through line throughout this series. So during the short and darker days of winter, it is easy to overlook how things tend to pile up in our homes and in our closets and in our drawers. But when the light hits it, we see all the things that we have ignored. And with the prolonged daylight, it gets harder and harder to act like those things are not there. And so it is with our lives. There are seasons where winter comes and we're doing all we can just to survive the bitter, cold, and harsh winds of the season. Sometimes winter comes in our childhoods. Sometimes winter comes in our marriages. Sometimes it comes when we experience loss and life is just not turning out the way that we had hoped. Some of us experience the bitter winds of infertility when it seems like nothing in our lives is bearing fruit or the pain of failed relationships, or suddenly ended friendships. But when spring comes, instead of feeling that sense of hope and renewal, our minds and our emotions are still very much in winter. The Bible is always encouraging the believer to press onward. In our guiding scripture, Paul is encouraging the early church 
to keep doing the work of daily renewal, to keep dying to their old nature and instead coming alive to a life in Christ where our steps are ordered by the Lord. When he says to keep working out our own salvation, it doesn't mean like, oh my gosh, I got saved last week and now I'm gonna lose it next week. No, it's no. (laughs) Once you are saved, once you are a believer, once you have confessed a hope in Christ, that is a sealed deal. So he's not talking about that working to keep it. When he says working out our own salvation, he means to keep doing the work that is going to keep you near to Christ, the work that's going to keep you near the cross. But it can be difficult to do that work when our lives are shrouded in clutter. And I don't know about you, but clutter drives me up a wall. I cannot stand it. I'm not the neatest person in the world. I'm definitely not one of these people where every all of the pencils have to be facing the same direction and that sort of thing. But Clutter in general drives me crazy. When things are thrown everywhere and everything looks chaotic, I cannot focus. It's why I cannot watch that show Hoarders. I don't even know if that show still comes on, but there was like this show on TLC. I think it was called Hoarders. And I could I could not even get through a single episode of that show because the sight of all of that junk just piled up and the walls closing in, it just triggers anxiety for me. And that's just physical clutter, okay? We're talking about physical clutter. But in this series, we're talking about emotional clutter. So when we have emotional clutter, unresolved issues, unhealed, open wounds, unmet or unrealistic expectations, and just a tangle of unhealthy emotions, you are going to struggle to focus. You will struggle to experience that hope and renewal You will struggle to have clarity. You will struggle to see the possibilities for your life. And when you are bogged down with emotional clutter, it can be nearly impossible to move forward in a healthy, positive direction. And I can tell you from experience, out of sight, out of mind doesn't work. So just like with real clutter, sometimes we just try to stuff it in a corner, stuff it in a closet, sweep it under the rug and act like it's not there. And... That is not a sustainable fix. That is not a sustainable solution. It might work briefly in the moment just to get your mind off of it. And so, you know, you might drink some alcohol or you might, you know, do some drugs or you might, you know, binge out and numb out on Netflix or Hulu or whatever. And whatever you swept under the rug is still very much there. So that whole out of sight, out of mind, numbing it out, drugging it out, drinking it out, sexing it out like that. Those are not sustainable solutions. And so. That brings us to the recognition. How do you know when you need to declutter? Now, I obviously have a strong bias, but I personally think that everyone can benefit from therapy. But specifically, how do you know when you need to do some inner work? What I appreciate about the spring is that the extended daylight gives us time to look around and at our surroundings and take notice of things that we might have overlooked in the dark of winter. So you can do it right now. Take a look around your household. Take a look around your car. (laughs) You know, where are things piled up? Coats, boots, clothes, uh, fast food takeout containers and things like that. Amazon boxes, maybe even wrapping paper left over from the holidays. If you open your cabinets, where are things disorganized? Cans, spices, pots, pans, plates, and dishes? Is there anything in there that has expired, that has outlived its usefulness? And we're going to circle back to that concept in a moment. When it's physical clutter, it's easy to see when things are out of order. But what about emotional clutter? So I have a different set of questions for you. Specifically, are you at peace? 
Do you have peace in your life consistently? When you look at your relationships, are they harmonious? Are you in a healthy place with the people in your life? Or are there places in your life where there is some unspoken tension? Are you in a place of joy and gratitude? Or are you low-key bitter? You know, you feel in some kind of way because it seems like everywhere you look, people are experiencing the kinds of things that you want for your own life. And you're wondering, when is it going to happen for you? And why hasn't it happened for you? And what's going on with you? Are you in a place of contentment? Or are you in a place of scarcity? Are you plagued by thoughts of what you don't have instead of focusing and being grateful for what you do have? Are you in a perpetual place of not enough? I don't have enough time. I didn't get enough sleep. I don't have enough help. I don't make enough money. I don't get supported the way I support others. I'm not fulfilled. I'm not thin enough. I don't know enough. I'm not enough. Are you perpetually in that place? And if you are in that place, how long have you been sitting in that clutter? How long have you been sitting in that place of dysfunction? Because sometimes if you sit in dysfunction long enough, dysfunction can start to look like normality. So at what point do you realize that that can of bitterness has expired or that that garment of scarcity no longer fits? And this is this is key because before you can declutter any sort of room in your house, you have to have some recognition that the way that it's set up currently is not working for you. <laughs> you have to, to recognize, okay, these shoes that I keep tripping over in the hallway, that's not working for me. This half inch of dust that has piled up on the window seals or these, these cobwebs that have, have crept up in the corners of my home, that's not working for me. Or all of these, every time I go to the grocery store and go to buy groceries and I never have room in the refrigerator or any room in the cabinets to put anything else because there's some other things in there that never come out, that's not working for me. And so this is the key part of, of recognition. When you recognize those things in yourself and you say, you know what? This is not working for me. When you understand and accept and embrace God's will for your life, which is I came that you might have life and that you might have it to the full, that you might have it more abundantly. Jesus said, that's what I came here to do. I didn't came, I didn't come here so you could be bitter. I didn't come here so you could be depressed. I didn't come here so you could be downtrodden and discouraged. I came that you might have life and that you might have a full and abundant life. And so the recognition at this point is very key. At what point do you recognize that this is not serving you? And so earlier I referenced the, the expired can in the cupboard, but there are some things in your life that have reached their expiration date. There are some grudges that have reached their expiration date that you've been mad at that person or you haven't talked to that, to that person in so long that, at this point, what you were even initially mad about is just water under the bridge, but it's just sitting there. It's just sitting there taking up space in your life. It's just sitting there taking up space in your heart, just sitting there taking up space in your mind. And the the new things that need to come in, the fresh things that, that need to come in, there's no room for them because that thing is just sitting there. And if we're being honest, I have a good friend, Tosh, Tosh Patterson, and she her platform is all about decluttering your space, but also decluttering your life. And one of the points that she likes to make is that we have to come to a place of recognition that sometimes 
the things that we've allowed to sit there have served some sort of purpose in our life, have served some sort of function in our life. And so whether or not it's the excuse for why these other positive strides have not been made in my life. And I'll, I'll use myself as an example. And I've used this example before. So for many years, I was very bitter about, you know, the absence of my biological father. And that was the framework, right? That that was the the lens through which all of the unmet expectations or unrealized potential was filtered through. It was like, oh, well, what do you expect, you know, from me? You know, my father, this, and I, and I didn't have a dad that. Well, it's not like I grew up in a two-parent home. Well, you know, I'm, I'm the product of a single-parent household. And it, everything was filtered through that. You know, there was like some subconscious negative benefit because it gave me an out or so I thought. You know, it, it allowed me not to have to take responsibility for things. And so... In recognition of the things that are not working in your life, you also need to recognize, is there a subconscious negative benefit? Is there a reason why you've been sitting in that space for so long? Is there a reason why that clutter is still there? Is there a reason that you have allowed it to fester and really not address it? There's a lot of work and opinion circulating these days on the internet about healing the inner child or reparenting the inner child. And I'm not a psychologist, so I'm not even going to get into that. However, I am excited about the guests that I'm going to bring on the show to kind of unpack some of these things for us. But let me stay here for a moment. But that is a valid, that is a valid question is, is the things that you're allowing to stay in your life, the clutter that's allowed to pile up in your life, is that you, the adult making the decision to do that? Or is there some aspect of unresolved issue from childhood where the inner child is still making the decisions? And here's what I mean by that. There are moments in your life where you have to make decisions in order to survive. There are things that you have to do in order to survive or navigate the situation that you are in. You have to make decisions just to cope. At the same time, as you grow up or as you move out or as you relocate geographically and and otherwise, you don't have to keep making those same decisions. The same skills and competencies that are required for you to survive a situation are not the same skills and competencies that are necessary for you to thrive in life. And sometimes we never make the switch. We're still operating in survival mode. We're still operating off of past childhood traumas or or things that happened years ago. And so the person that made that decision while we were in survival mode is still driving the car, so to speak, is still the captain of the ship when we're now trying to get into a place where we're trying to thrive and grow. Hence the reason why we have to continue to work out our own issues, work out our own salvation, as it were, with fear and trembling in recognition of the fact that this is not a sustainable way of being. This is not who God has called me to be. This is not the kind of life that that God would have me to have. God does not want us to be walking around like Johnny storm cloud and there's just a gray pile of of darkness you know hanging over our heads at every step and turn Jesus said I didn't come for that I did not come for that now does that mean that we're not going to have hard days it does not mean that does it mean that we're not going to have difficult times and difficult seasons no it does not mean that but what he's saying is is that and you when you look at the totality of your life the goal is for it to be fulfilling and enriching and abundant and full, not sad and burdened and, and bogged down in underneath the weight of all of this emotional clutter. And so 
in recognition, not only are you sitting in places in your life where things are just no longer serving you, okay? Are you sitting in those places? Are there things that you're holding on to that you need to let go of? But are you also recognizing that there might be some purpose, some reason why you've allowed it to hang around as long as you have? And are you ready to go into a different direction? Which brings us to the decision. So I want to make a very clear distinction here. This is so important and so key with respect to significant changes and shifts and mindsets with respect to how we navigate life. The power of the decision is really underrated. And here's what I mean by this. There are lots of people that have decided that they want to be healthier, that they want to be more physically fit. What this means is is that they recognize the benefits or they're unhappy with their current status and they see and acknowledge that my life would be better if I were healthier. My life would be easier if I didn't struggle to go up and down the steps. My life would be you insert all of these benefits and they decide that that's what they want. But that I hate to say this as bluntly as I'm going to say it, but that doesn't mean anything. Deciding that you want something pales in comparison to deciding that you're going to do something. Wanting it, wishing for it, hoping for it, recognizing the benefits of it is great, but it's not impactful. It doesn't move you one inch closer to actually materializing that thing that you've decided that you want. You can decide you want a million dollars. Great. But what are you going to do? And that's the decision that matters. That's the decision that counts. When you decide that you want out of a bad relationship and you see that, you know, my life would have more peace and I would have more joy and I would feel better about myself if I wasn't in this relationship. Great. But when you decide I'm leaving this relationship, that is a totally different decision. Do you, do you see the distinction here? One is a passive recognition of all that could be. And the other one is a decided step that this is what is about to materialize in my life next. I see what's happening now. I know how it could be. And now I've made a decision that I'm going to do something about it. That's the decision. That's the part. With respect to spring cleaning, when you keep tripping over the shoes and say, you know what, it would really be great if I didn't keep tripping over these shoes. Or when you look in your cabinets and you're like, oh man, it would be so much easier to find things and it would take a lot less time to cook if things were organized in a more orderly fashion. And I would really love to experience the benefits of that. Great. That's one thing. But when you start taking cans out of the pantry, when you start putting the shoes away, when you start ordering, ordering the organizers and the, the things that are necessary in order for you to make that space better. When you start pulling out the garbage bags and start purging the things that no longer serve its purpose or that have expired, that's a different type of decision. So the first one is passive. The, the second one is active. When you decide you're going to do something, that's when things start to shift. That's when things start to turn around. That's where we are moving in a different direction. So with respect to inner work, when you start looking at the emotional clutter, when you start looking at the long held grudges, when you start looking at the failed relationships, when you start looking at 
the, the total of your life and you recognize that there are some things here that are just not working and you recognize that whatever benefit you were getting, some subconscious psychological negative benefit that you were getting from allowing these things to kind of hang around, once you recognize that and decide like Popeye the Sailor Man, that's all I can stand because I can't stand no more. I'm going to do something about this. Boom. Now we are cooking with gas. Now we can start to move some things around. Now we can start doing the inner work. Okay. When you decide that you are going to open that portal to your mind and emotions and your body and your spirit, and you are really going to start walking down that path with respect to looking at how things are making you feel, what are the thoughts that you're having that are toxic or not healthy? What are the decisions that you're making that are not toxic that are toxic and not healthy? Once you start going down that road, now we can start to talk about what that process looks like. And that is exactly what we're going to be talking about on our next episode. So this lays the groundwork for inner work. This is laying the groundwork for the things we need to be thinking about, the things we need to be looking at, the recognition that, hey, winter is on its way out, spring is on its way in, and in the light of day, in the extended daylight of springtime, I'm starting to look around, not just your home, but I'm starting to look around my life and I'm starting to see some things that I may have overlooked in the dark of winter when I was trying to survive and cope and deal with things. And now that spring is here and the birds are chirping and all of that, I'm ready to take an active step to declutter, to organize. And for those of you who have watched those makeover shows, and I know I have, even though I still can't bring myself to watch hoarders, but I have seen makeover shows where things look crazy and, and chaotic. And then at the end of the episode, things are just nice and harmonious. I have watched the, the Marie Kondo show on Netflix and I started folding up my socks a certain kind of way and just organizing things. I've seen the home edit. And so now my closet is organized like Roy G. Biv. So like red, green, blues and that sort of thing. So it looks all rainbowy and color coordinate. I've done that. And so that's a pleasing aesthetic. But most of all, what I appreciate is that now I know where everything is. I don't have to dig. I don't have to search. I don't have to wonder where did I put that, this, that, and the third. I have clear sight lines and it allows me to focus. It allows me to breathe. It allows me the space to be creative. And and I love that. I love that feeling. And that's what I want for you. At the end of this series, I want you to be in a place where you recognize the need to do some inner work and you have decided that you're going to do the inner work and that you feel equipped and empowered to take the steps to do that process. So we're going to get into that in our next episode. And our guest for this series, Dr. Deb Gordon. So if you roll the tape back to last season, we had Dr. Mary Hendrickson and then we had Dr. Valencia Wiggins. Dr. Deb Gordon is like the third leg of that trinity, okay? So all three of them work together at Moody and they are doing phenomenal work with respect to faith and mental health and wellness. And so I am eager to bring her in to offer her perspectives, particularly on this issue. So if you guys have any questions, comments, takeaways, hit me up at Dr. Shante Says on Twitter, on Instagram, and I will see you next time.